Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, mi gente. We are in Valle de Guadalupe with my friend Alondra. Dice hi, Alondra. Hi. <laughs> Wait, what's your mom's name again? I forgot. Hoki. and Hoki. Dice hola. Hola. <laughs> so uh, we are at the first of our little trip today at MV Boutique in Valle de Guadalupe. So salud. I did the tasting, so I'm having their rosé. It smells very crisp. I like that. What did you get? Which wine did you get? Los Nietos is a blend. And my mom is having Isabella, a white one. Oh, this is a good rosé. Have you tasted this rosé? Yes. Okay. This is very, like, um, apple-y. With, like, a hint of strawberry at the end. I don't know. It's really good. It tastes also like, I taste a little bit of grass in there. What would you say yours is? Los Nietos? I think it's bold. It's a good blend. I think it goes well with different kinds of food. I don't know. What else? This rosé would be, this rosé would be a good, like, this is a good summer wine. Mm -hmm. Like a nice warm day. ¿Te gusta tu vino? No. No? (laughs) She didn't like it. I saw your face. <laughs> she said that it's uh, too dry for her ah. and a little bitter. Go ah. try. Plus, your mom doesn't drink wine anyways. No, yeah, she doesn't drink a lot of... She's more of a sangria girl. <laughs> You've been here before, right? To this winery or no? Yeah, I've been here before. I came like years ago and it was a small, small wine tasting and it has been growing. I really like Los Nietos and Armonia de Tintos, both are blends, and those are my favorite. This is my first time at this winery. Well, I like the rosé so far. I like, yeah, I do like the rosé. It has a little grass, it has a little, you know, a little green to it, and the end, it has a little strawberry at the end. Like, I'm digging this rosé. I always say it's not about if it's white, red, or rosé. It's about finding the white, red, or rosé that's right for you that's for your palate do you want to try this one did you try it sure i'll try it yeah i like it it's fresh and it also like gives me like makes me think of a nice summer where it's so hot outside but you're having a nice rosé yeah this is nice you don't need food with this either by the pool yes by the pool yeah 
Próxima la, la piscina, este vino. On to the next. You have friends that from all over California that want to come to Valle, but they don't not they're not big red fans, you said. So you try and take them, but yeah, I mean you can this I've only been to Valle a handful of times. I've had Valle wine, but I've only come a handful of times. But you come a lot. You were saying, what were you saying about your friends and what they experience when they have right, white, white wines in Valle? So I, when I know they like white, I take them to wineries that I know. They have good wine, white wines like Montechanique or Viña Emiliana or MV, but they usually don't like them because California wines tend to be more like sweet than Mexican wines. So they think they're too dry or like my mom was saying, kind of bitter. So they end up having sangrias or something that's sweeter. Maybe that's why like some people that usually don't like rosés, when they come, come to Valle, they like them because they are not as sweet as Californian ones. Well, let's just say not all California rosés are sweet. There's actually a lot that are not sweet. You're just not having the right ones. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I haven't tried them. <laughs> but yeah, there definitely are. I think that's the misconception of a lot of rosés is Oh, you think you, you it's a rosé, so people think it's sweet. Now, obviously, there are some sweet rosés, mm -hmm. but there are some good rosés that aren't. Or I mean, and everybody has to remember, wine's very subjective. Yeah. Everybody has a different palate. Everybody has a different thing. But there are a lot of rosés that are, tend to be more, that are on the drier side as well, that aren't as sweet or more citrusy. Yeah. Here's an idea. Why do we do a rosé tasting? like California rosé. Oh, sure. <laughs> you can t show me the ones that you like. I haven't tried any that okay. I could say like, oh, I really like this one. Okay, especially sparkling rosé. Yeah. yeah, Mom we'll Napa that. has a really good uh, sparkling rosé. Oh, my, sister has some, my sister's favorite is a mom. Uh -huh. um, sparkling. There's other ones too. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to spin an arm and a leg. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I know, I, I feel like I need to wake up. I sound a little like, <laughs> It was a long drive. <laughs> well, the driver in front of us was so slow. I know. Like, so it's about, so Alondra lives in Tijuana. I live in San Diego. My boyfriend dropped me off right at the border, across the border. So it took us about an hour and a half, a little over an mm -hmm. hour and a half to get here. So it's it's not that much of a drive, but it would have taken us less time if we didn't have that like construction truck in front of us that was holding up everybody. So if you want to come, like don't be afraid to come to Valle. I always come with people who really know the area because I don't know the area that that well, who really know the different wineries. So if you don't know somebody who knows the area, there's so there's different places that you can contract that will bring you down, that will take you on tours. There's different Valle tour guides that will take you on tour. One of my friends, Veronica from All About Wine, her, that's her. Uh, she's actually uh, somebody who I've come to Valle with, and she's a Valle wine tour as well, a wine tour leader. So the next one will be, I think, a red. So let's see what he brings. Okay, now I'm tasting Alondra's mom's white wine because she didn't like it. No le gusta. <sighs> kind of smells a little buttery, like freshly mowed grass. Mm. It does, I don't think it's bitter, but I'm trying to pair. 
It tastes like um, lychee. That's the taste I get. Like lychee and grass. And what it, like I got lychee, like a little bit of lychee when I was tasting, right? Do you get the same thing with the white wine? It's like un... De tropical. Sí. So that's kind of what I get when I, right? All right, so my first red that I'm tasting is Armonia de Tintos 2022 from MEV. And, oh my gosh, total plum. Like, that's the first thing I get when I'm smelling this one. Is big time plum. A little pepper. It was, I'm excited about trying this one. Oh yeah, plum. I definitely taste plum in this one. Plum and like green pepper. That's what I get from this one. And the thing is, everybody gets something a little bit different from these. You know, you can taste or not taste as much as you want or don't want, but the way that you always get more is through just smelling your herbs, tasting your herbs. Like the more you're able to do that, then the more you're able to start identifying things that you smell in these wines. So Alondra, when she's having her Los Nietos, they just opened the bottle, so she's letting it aerate. But the first thing she said is what, tobacco? Tobacco and something. There's a, hey, this is Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Hi, nice I'm, to nice to meet you. I'm Jessica. Nice to meet you. Hola. Mucho gusto. So you're the owner, the manager here? I'm manager and somebody from here. Oh, ah, yes. nice. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. how long have you been here? I've been here working about 14 years. Oh my yeah. gosh, this has uh, been here that long? Yeah, actually we start here this since the, well, I start here this since the winery. We really had like a, a year that we opened the winery. So um, it's been growing so much. Yeah, yeah. So how, do you guys get a lot of like, a lot of influx of people here throughout, probably mostly on weekends, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Right now, May, May, well, it's almost finished May, but usually May is like um, the low season, as we said. And June, July, especially July and August and part of September, it's where we have more people. It gets more crowd. Plus, the vacations are on, so, you know, people start, like, traveling and things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're able to come today because there's, because to get the personal service. <laughs> yeah, the whole is for you. Yeah. We just, you know, that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, nice, nice, nice to be here. Have you done any of the winemaking as well? Uh, sometimes I help the, well, I don't, I go with the winemaker, you know, because he, sometimes he shows us, like, he teaches, like, to do kind of practices. But yeah, we, we do everything. We're on the vineyards, we're on the fabric, the uh, process of wine, the cab, and the room tasting. But especially I'm more here in the tasting room. Do you know like some of the, the owner's history in regards to why he opened this or why, I don't even know if it's a he, why they opened it up and what they're trying to do with everything that you're doing here? Yeah, actually the owner, well, we have here some picture. The one here, it was uh, Mario Villarreal. That's what we named MV. So it's M of Mario and B of Villarreal. Ah. So it's the sound of the initials of the name and last name. So E-M-E, it's the sound of the M of Mario and V-E of B of Villarreal. And he's uh, Mexican. Well, he's from here, from 
actually he was born in Sinaloa, but he was he's, he was being raised in Tijuana. So when he started here, the project MV, the idea it was just plant a little bit of grain, which they were living in Tijuana. Their plan was come during the weekend, you know, Friday, Saturdays, Sundays, stay here. So come to the, the rancho, the ranch. And he said, I'm gonna plant a little bit of grapes. I wanna have some cows, some chickens, uh, some roosters, some horses, you know, like a farming, and have some trees. So when he buy the land, there was nothing, nothing. As you see right now, but well, we have our own vineyards and yeah. there's a house and citrus and things. And um, there was nothing. So he started with the first vines. The first vines we were planting in 2004. We started with Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. They were the first ones. But um, he said, I'm going to make a little bit of production just by himself. He owns uh, a business where they sell tile. So they said when most of the, the products or the tile that they bring, they bring from Italy, they would say they would bring also cases that would, the people from over there, they would send them cases of wine. So he got into the passion of the wine, you know, interesting about what's going on about the wine. And he's like, if we, we could plant some grapes here, I think I could plant a little bit. By that time, there was already some wineries. The biggest one, for example, El Lecheto, Santo Tomas, Domecq, Montechanique. It was the time when the wineries, they were barely starting, you know, to plant their grape or open their winery. So um, he started planting those, but it was crazy because it was, at first it was kind of hard for them, for the family, because the horses would get out, they would step on the vineyard. Oh, no. The chickens would get out, they would eat the vineyard. So it was crazy, you know? And then he said, you know what? I think I'm gonna have to remove the, the farming, the, the part of the animals, and I'm gonna plant more grapes. Those grapes, I'ma sell them to the new wineries that they're barely starting to produce wine and they're buying grape because most of the wineries here, they buy grape from another wineries or from another valleys, you know? And then, yeah, he started planting more grapes. By then, he already had a winemaker and he already had a, a agronomo, agronomist. They start planting Malbec, Shiraz, Chardonnay, Viognier, Sauvignon Blanc, you know, they were going by by different grapes. So by then, the winemaker, they were like, oh, you got this year good harvest. We should make wine of this grape. Okay, let's make. Next year, it was like, oh, you know, we got good harvest of this another grape, let's make. So by that time, he was making a line of wines and the production was growing. And he said, you know what? We need to move this wine because I, I'm not gonna drink all this production. You know, I'm not gonna drink all this wine. <laughs> Really, he's not us. <laughs> yeah, it was too much, you know, yeah. because he started with like two barrels, three barrels, but then it was growing, it was 10, five, I mean, 20, it was growing more. So he opened a little room tasting. So it was, um, he said, okay, I'm gonna open, the construction of the house, it was already done. So he's like, I'm gonna open an, a little room tasting. <clears throat> I'm gonna have, you know, during Friday, Saturday, I'm gonna open the gate of the, the winery. So friends who could come down, try my wine, and you know, um, people, if they want to stop, I could give them to taste. So he started with the, with the room tasting, that it only could fit like 10, 15 people. It was a very small tasting. So one day they invite him, uh, there's a competition that they do here in Ensenada called Tierra del Vino. So it's an international competition where they come from different parts like United States, Chile, um, Spain, French, different, different, different places to compete with their wines. So his first wine that he started making here, he did a Bordeaux blend. 
called, which is called Los Nietos. It's a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. It was the first wine that he made. And then he said, okay, you know, well, I'm a Sene. We see how it goes. But by that time, he only named it Mezcla Bordalesa, a Bordeaux blend. And, you know, in this thing of wine, there's a lot of Bordeaux blends, yeah. you know? So he had to rename something. So he said, okay, because he's very, you know, he's very into the family. He said, okay, we're going to name it Los Nietos, which is the grandkids in, yeah. in English. We name it, we're going to name it Los most Nietos. Of my, most of my audience speaks Spanish. And they speak Spanish? Okay, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so it was Los Nietos, and then he said, I'm going to send that wine to the competition, and we see how it goes. You know, his, his idea was just to see if he, he was making the right things, like if he was doing good wine, you know. Um, so they sent the wine, and he never thought first time that he sent the wine he was going to win gold medal. So he was very surprised, you know, to win a gold medal. Not a silver medal, it was a yeah, gold medal, you know. That's awesome. So he won a gold medal, and then he went next year, he competed again, another gold medal, third year. So he had seven years in a row winning gold medals. So that wine, it got so popular, people started knowing, you know, we want to try the wine, we want to go to the winery, we're going to see where they make the wine, where it comes the wine. So he said, you know what, I think we have a winery, you know, because it started like making wine for myself. So by that time, it was when I, I started working here in the winery, when they start open the, the winery, have more a tasting room, have, you know, presenting where they could try their wines. Mm -hmm. Now, MV, we're a winery. The, we don't buy any grape. Everything is staying on grape. We have 18 acres of vines, and everything is growing here. So, Valle Guadalupe or Baja California has been growing so much. I mean, we produce the 90% of wine in Mexico. It's the region most important here in Mexico. And especially Valle Guadalupe is one of the most important, I always said, because it's the, the area where there's more hotels, more restaurants, more wineries. And some wineries, like I said uh, at the initial, that they, they buy grape from another buyers or another wineries. Idea for here for us, it was everything what we produce is to produce our wine. You know, so everything what it comes from the vineyard is to produce our wine. So we don't buy any grapes. Our production now it's about um, five thousand cases per year. Oh wow! But I would say we're now a medium boutique winery because we have now ten different wines. So we're not even make a thousand for each one. You know, that's why I said it's like we kind of like boutique winery. Yeah. So we're. But I always find like the smaller wineries, the boutique wineries. I always end up liking their wines better because it's like, not that it's not passionate for anybody else, but you taste something different yeah. in the smaller boutique wines. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like the love that they have that produce wine, you know? I mean, it's, it's a culture that has been growing so much. It's been so interesting. So we see how every year it's the harvest, the weathers and everything. I mean, we don't know how it's gonna be the year and how it's gonna be the harvest, you know? So that's that's another thing where you all, you you know, you work so hard to make a very good, good wine, you know? So now we are a winery that, you know, the most people, they already know us. They already know us, like I think we're already position winery. Now we have this, Amazing construction. We remodel our room tasting. This room tasting where we are right now, it's uh, we barely have six years that we remodel our room tasting, and having 
in the small room tasting having only uh, for 10 to 15 people, now you could fit up about 100 people, you know, out in, outside and here inside. And the idea as it was to make it a little bit up so you guys could see the view that we have, you know, to enjoy the view, to see the vineyards, yeah. and come and enjoy a wine. So uh, now our, our winemaker, it's one of the winemakers very known here uh, in Valle. Um, his name is Daniel Lomber. He's from Chile, and he's came down here to Valle. He, very, he started working with us in 2012. He started producing wines. That comes of the wines that we do, it's wines that you could drink easily, like yeah. I would say. Um, you don't need food. Yeah. It's just, you can just this. Very balanced wines with, uh, you know, very balanced acid, alcohol. One idea of us is to reflect more the fruit is, instead of the barrel, you know, be attacked for the fruit, you know? Yeah. We don't want the oaky wines. We want more, like, smooth wines with a lot of fruit, you that's know? What I like, that's the kind yeah. of wines I like, especially when it comes to Chardonnay. I don't like real oaky, buttery Chardonnay. Yeah. I like the, I realize I like more of the, um, if they're oak aged for a little bit, but then finished in steel barrels, where it has, it gives it more of that light citrusy mm -hmm. flavor versus that heavy buttery flavor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for example, we're one of the few wineries that um, we use the Hungarian barrel. Hungarian yes. barrel. Yes. Usually, we were, we used to use French, American, and Hungarian. Now we're working with French and Hungarian. So we have a Chardonnay that it has barrel, and we pass it to the Hungarian barrel because, like, like you say, you don't like the oaky, you know, oaky Chardonnays. We don't want to have the oaky Chardonnays. We want to have like elegant Chardonnay, you know, with a good structure, but not to be that that much of the of the of the wood of the oaky things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. never heard of Hungarian barrels. That's so cool. Yeah, the between different the French barrel and the Hungarian barrel. Like for example, we're gonna say example of the Chardonnay. If the Chardonnay we we only we pass it on French barrel, a new barrel, which is more intense, more it's gonna give you like more smoky, more toast the French barrel, and we attack more the grape. It will be very oaky, very battery wine, a lot of mantequilla, you know. The Hungarian barrel, it's less, it's not gonna give you that much toast to the wine, not that much smoky. Yeah, because when I tasted her, mm -hmm. like her, I tasted a little bit of, but not too much. Like it was a little bit yeah. of smoky, a little bit buttery, but not like, I mean like just very faint. Yeah. Not too much. Yeah, it's like very, I would say like very smooth, you yeah. know? You could drink it without food or with food, you know? For the red wines, we have two blends. One, it's a very young wine, eight months in a barrel. It, it has four grapes. And then we have Los Nietos, the, the premium wine. And then we have single rivals. So one other thing here in Valle, we represent a lot that we have more single rivals than blends. Usually Valle, it's knowing more of blends than a single rival. So for example, we have Cabernet Sauvignon, we have Syrah, we have Malbecs, that usually Malbec is not a very typical grape that it grows here in Valle. Mm. Yeah, I think MB has been focusing a lot in the wine, but as making good quality. Oh, well, I, so far, I know I have one more red to go, but so far, I like. I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brenda. No, I appreciate you. it. That's nice so to cool. meet you guys. Thank you. Very nice to have you guys here. Yeah, pleasure that you guys came and tried our wines. And, you know, to all the people where you guys are drinking, where you guys came, 
because I mean, Valle, it's amazing. A lot of people, every year, more people start coming more, 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 more yeah. down. Yeah. So for us, it's a. I mean, I love it for special. you, but I hate it for me because more and more people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially during the weekend. Yeah. 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 But yes. that's why, you know, it's nice to be able to come during the week. Yeah. To yeah. be able to look at we just you just saved this room for us thank you so much <laughs> yeah, like i said the whole winery is for you guys you guys go see whatever you guys want and yeah wine break time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese man este malbec English or Spanish or Spanglish? Spanglish. Like I always said, I speak three languages. I speak English, or Spanglish, and Spanish. I speak so, English and Spanglish. Spanglish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a, it's a Malbec. This is Harvest 2021. 20, 20, so this Malbec, it's the Malbec that I told you guys that usually many people doesn't have. It's more annoying from Argentina, so... I think when you talk about Malbec, you always, you know, think from Argentina. Mm -hmm. They're very popular. It's la, la uva insignia de Argentina. So um, this is a wine that we pass for one year in a barrel, French and Hungarian barrel, two type of different barrels, okay? So it's going to be very smooth. Um, I mean, it doesn't smell alcoholic at no. all. Like, it's like more espresso than yeah. other right? Like fruits. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit different. I mean, obviously, of the, of the Armonia de Tintos. This one, you're going to find, a little, I would say, like, more going, like, to mature fruits. The other one, it was red fruits, but fresh red fruits. Yeah, yeah and this one, it's a little bit more, more different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, smoother, like, you know. You know what I've realized? That I, like, I'm not a big fan of Argentinian Malbecs, uh -huh. but Malbecs that I've had that have made, been made outside of Argentina, uh -huh. I like. Uh-huh. Like, I like them more than... Argentinian Malbecs. Yeah, they're very different, you know, like uh, Malbecs from Argentina, they're very, they're very aromatic wines with mucho, mucho aroma, and they're very intense, like very more high. More high alcohol, I yeah, think, too, right? Yeah, yeah, That's like, I swear, every time I have like an Argentinian Malbec, that's all I smell right away is yeah. alcohol. Yeah, this one is like uh, more like smoother, you know, like the, the smell, the, the aroma that it has is like more... Liar. No, 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 está tan oh, this intenso. one's nice. It's 13.7% too. Uh -huh. Yeah, usually the range of the alcohol you're going to see here in, in Valle or Mexico, it's the highest one. It's weird if you find a 14.5 or 15. Usually it's 13.9. Because if we make more wine that they have more high alcohol, the taxes will go more up. So, really? Yeah. yeah. We pay 45% of taxes in the 45%. wine. 45%. 40%. So this bottle, it has almost the half of the taxes that we pay. Oh, my God. So if we make wine more with alcohol, the government is, is going to charge us more tax. Dang. Yeah. So we have to very be careful with that. Yeah. So that's why the most wines here in Valle, they're, the range is kind of there. 13.9. I mean, it's not typical that you're gonna find 14 or 15 yeah. percent alcohol. This is good. I like it. Yeah. Have you tried this one? Yeah. yeah. At the end, I'm gonna give you guys los nietos, so you guys could try okay. uh, the premium wine. Oh shucks. <laughs> so what I was saying is, I think I've realized that the Malbecs I've had have been from, like I said, smaller boutique wineries, uh -huh. and I just. I think that's why I'm, I'm willing, personally, I'm willing to pay a little bit more 
for a boutique wine. Now, not to say that I wouldn't go to Trader Joe's and buy wine. Like, I still do that again, right? But I just find that, like, when I go to boutique wineries, there's really, there's not a lot of wines that I don't end up liking. Okay. Because I just feel like there's, like, love and there's just this thing put in there that when you get too big, yeah. you get so big, you lose. Yeah. Yeah, but it's well. We said sometimes the production it changed, especially like if you you had a very small production and I said no, where you want to make three times bigger. Well, yeah. it's, you know, you're doing more. You you have to bring more technology, more huge tanks. You know, more. You have to change your whole equipment. So yeah, yeah. but this is good. I really like it, yeah. and it doesn't like I said on the nose. It smells really good too. Yeah. Like very smooth. Like like you said, you know, I don't have that tech of that alcohol you know yeah yeah because that's sometimes I sometimes you find that like that's the first thing obviously then I let it aerate a little bit yeah get that get that air in and then it comes down it doesn't smell as yeah. pungent exactly. <laughs> and we're back with another winery we're at Adobe Guadalupe and of course, I did the tasting because I got to taste them all. Like Alondra, who just gets a single glass or whatever. But I'm having this Uriel 2020 Vino Rosado. And it's really interesting because it has Grenache, Tempranillo, Sinsal, Vionet, Mouvedre, and Syrah. Like this is, it's five different wines in this one. So I'm really interested. It's only 11.9% alcohol. So it's even less than the other one. Let me smell. It's like an interesting color, right? It's not like your typical rosé color. It's a little bit deeper. It definitely, you could definitely tell like some of the, with the Tempranillo. And like, well, I mean, it makes sense with what they're doing because they have some pretty like red, red, red wines. And it doesn't smell, again, it's very light on the nose. It's probably a little bit, it's a little, I don't know how to describe it. It's definitely not sweet, but it's definitely not citrusy. It's more, I don't know, I think it ha does have a little bitterness to it. It's not, I don't know how to explain it. Want to try it? Very super light on the nose. Super light, but I can smell so, some plum. Right? Isn't that weird? Isn't that interesting? Like, it's not... You know what? Maybe this is a weird way of describing it, but I feel like some plastic flavor. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't get plastic. Well, now that you said it, it's probably going to be stuck in my head. But it's, it's different, right? Not my favorite. Yeah. I will say that. Not my favorite. But I'm glad I tried it. Because if you don't try it, you don't know if you like it. And I believe that the more wines that you try, you give like new flavors to your palate yes. so you can understand better other wines. Absolutely. And I was saying earlier, like, you need to also, like, anytime you have herbs and every time you're cooking smell, all of the things that you're cooking with, mm -hmm. because then that gives you a better understanding. Because then, like, there's been times where I know I've smelled something and I can't describe it immediately. And then I realize, like, oh, I had it in this. And, okay, I get it. So... Okay, well, I'm ready for the next one already. I don't, but I'm going to just. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens sometimes. You don't always like everything. This is not, this is not my cup of wine. <laughs> Let's see what the next one is.
Okay, the next one is Miguel. Miguel, okay. The, with Miguel, the winemaker, the owners, they want to make something different. They take inspiration for different regions of the world and making like a representation of that regions and with our own uh, grapes. With Miguel, they take inspiration more for like uh, Spanish uh, wines. It's more like a Rioja style. That's why this wine have more Tempranillo. Okay. 70% Tempranillo, 30% uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, 20% Cabernet Sauvignon, 5 Merlot, and 5 uh, Garnache. 2019 in the vintage, and this have 10 months in the barrel, French oak. First and second use. 2019. Mm -hmm. Do you guys grow your grapes here? Yeah. And the property, we have uh, 26 hectares, but 16 is only for the grapes and the others is for the construction, the hacienda, the house, the, the store, and the, where we have the, the horses, and like a three gardens we have. Okay, cool. Cool. Let me I'm take a picture of the back Perfect. so we can see the types of wine también. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to try the Miguel 2019. It actually smells a lot. I even smell, it smells a lot better than the rosé even. Mm -hmm. Right? Want to smell it? It has a little bit of sweetness to it without being overly sweet. Like, it's definitely very fruit forward. It's not like, let me see what I'm tasting now. Cherry, for sure. That's what I'm tasting more than anything. Because I'm like, where's that sweetness coming from? And it's definitely coming from, like, dark cherry. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, dark cherry. And for me, it smells like a... I was trying to figure out what uh, For me, the smell that gives me is a lot, like a really good steak with pepper. <laughs> Peppercorn. I mean, I could definitely smell the pepper for sure. And some spiciness oh, yeah. on it. Oh, there's definitely some spiciness for sure. But it's definitely the cherry first. Mm -hmm. The cherry with some like black pepper afterwards. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's, we have, this is wine two of four. So I'm going to finish this one, and then I'll get back to the next one. <laughs> How can we help She you? has a podcast, and we were wondering if someone could give us an interview about the history of the winery. And the winery and uh -huh. everything. Okay, just let me go and talk to the little town. So they are very, the town really appreciate the, the social work that the Millers have been doing. Yeah throughout the years. Mr. How long Miller, have they been here? 25 years, 26 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mr. Miller passed away in 2013. This will be the 10th uh, anniversary that he's not here with us anymore. Uh, but uh, they've been here when nothing, nothing was around. They, we published last year pictures on our social media uh, with uh, pictures of the history, you know, mm -hmm. and you could see like nothing around. I mean, <laughs> it was so strange. And many people think because they are uh, from the U.S. that they bought the house and they bought the vineyards. No, they built it from, from scratch. scratch. Exactly. And when uh, they decided to buy the land and decided to plant the grapes and decided to build the house, they did a little competition between people on the field to plant the grapes and people in the house who would finish first. Uh, the plants won, <laughs> but it was a really funny story, like to the competition. Oh, who's gonna finish first and all of that? So why did they decide to come down? Uh, that's a very interesting story. Maybe True would would like to. I would like for you to hear it from True, but it's a very familiar, nice story. It's an homage 
from a mother to a son. Oh, nice. yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a difference of appreciation versus appropriation, right? Yeah. I think a lot of yes. recent people yeah. have come down because yeah, yeah, they yeah. see the money. Yes, yes. And then versus having somebody like see something from the beginning and exactly create something and many from the many years ago. Yeah. So uh, they came to Baja California uh, with the charity purposes. Uh, they were working in a charity in La Mision. Then they found out they wanted to have a winery as a retirement project, but up in Napa. Uh, but then when they were coming here doing charity work, uh, they found out that people, well, not people, companies were planting grapes and making wine, and they uh, decided to to buy some land here and start the project. But the charity has always been a very important part of the Millers. They have always been very aware of the needs of, of everyone uh, here with us, with the staff. Uh, many people reach out to Senora Tru because she's very, very kind and very generous. So anyone in need, and he, they reach out to Senora Tru and she will help them because she has a very, very big heart. You're gonna know her. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yes. Yeah, especially when you... I think it's nice when you find something, like you go to an area with one purpose and you find another. Exactly, you know? exactly. And at the beginning, because, well, it's the winery and we have six guest rooms. Uh, it was the first hotel. Back in the day, people didn't did the experience of, you know, the wine tasting and all of that. But in the very beginning, they did those rooms to teach English to kids here. So Senora Tru had her language school in the US. It was called Trulingua, and she helped a lot of people learn uh, English, migrants mostly. So she wanted to do here that, uh, here with the rooms. But uh, then the need of having some lodging and people didn't visit it and they didn't have any place to stay. They had to go back to Ensenada and they had their little uh, you know, they were kind of drinking wine and driving back was inconvenient. So they decided then to have six rooms for people who came to Valle and did the wine tasting and didn't want to go back to Ensenada to stay. So that is, that is one of the uh, many, many uh, aspects and curiosities of Adobe. That's so cool. <clears throat> I love this kitchen. Yes. It's so So nice. when you stay with us, the breakfast is included and breakfast takes place here. And oh. La Señora Tru comes and have breakfast with you and talks to you and asks you how is your experience, what wineries are you going to visit, and yeah, it's very like many, many people say it's the, the home away from home because you feel like that, like you are in a very nice and cozy place. Yeah. When did she build the, the rest of the rooms or was it? It was all together. Uh, it was in 1997. They started oh, have already been here for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays, there are about 300 places between wineries, restaurants, hotels. Back in the day, it was the sixth vineyard that started operating. The sixth? That's so crazy. Yes. I mean, imagine, like, I just, I, want, I know when I go back to, like, certain places, I remember when there's nothing there, nothing there, and then it, exactly. it's turned into all this stuff exactly. and you don't even recognize it anymore. The road wasn't uh, paved, pavimentada. Uh, first time, my personal experience, I came here in 2011. So it wasn't, like, it was a dusty road. 
Uh, it was a different dynamic. Uh, it was very exclusive, only by reservation. They tried to keep it like very, you know, and I don't know if it has to do that uh, Mrs. Miller is from the Netherlands, Mr. Miller, a banker from the US, so they have like very clear and the quality like from the beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So that is also very interesting, like the mindset. I've been learning a lot from from Senora through I'm her assistant, so I'm with her. We see her schedule, her agenda, her everything. And it's been an honor being by her side and try to. Oh, and here she is. Hi. Senora through this is Senora through Did she call me? No, Senora. I was just telling a little bit and I was going oh, sure. to go to. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Jessica. Nice to meet you, Jessica. Nice How to are meet you. you? <laughs> How are you? broke my heart when I learned there was no oh. more. But um, yeah, Rafael, I was telling uh, Jessica that Rafael is one of my, it's my favorite blend. Okay. Uh, so I'm always like, if I get a chance, I always get a bottle or like try try a bottle from the, like, the different year. Oh, so, good. Uh -huh. But I'm a huge fan. <laughs> good, good. Me too. <laughs> Me too, yeah? <laughs> no, we were at, where were we at right before this? Oh, we went to MMA. Yeah, oh, yes. MMA. So, and she was like, oh, we need to come over to Adobe. Uh -huh. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you meet with, uh, what's my friend over there? What's her name? Do you know? Michelle. Is okay. that Michelle? I know, Laura Villarreal. Yeah. Was she there? No, we just spoke with Brenda. Okay. Yeah. Brenda, I don't She's the I manager. She's mm -hmm. the tasting She's manager. She's the tasting room. Okay. Okay, then I do know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was very sweet. Very I nice. Very nice. Yeah. That's where a lot of um, cost ends up going into, right? The labeling and the bottling and yes. right. the corks. Yeah, the cork. And uh, the label, a girlfriend of ours made it, and so it's, it's very inexpensive, the whole thing. Yeah. Do you feel like, because there's a cork shortage, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is cork able to be recycled? I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Not yet. You have to come up with a good idea. Huh? You have to come up with a good idea. Or to replace quarks? <laughs> I don't know. This is the synthetic kind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me tell you my story with the synthetic cork. I have a core of them because I have so many bottles of wine and I don't always want to go through, like I don't want to go through a bottle of wine every single time. Um, so I have the core of them. And one time, I didn't realize that I used a Corvin on a synthetic cork. Because it poured out fine and everything. But then I left it. And then when I was taking new headshots, yeah, you, I know you know where this is going. I went to go take new headshots, and I was, I need wine for my headshots and everything. And I pour it, and it's, it's a Pinot Noir, and it's brown. Oh, is brown and then I smell it. It oh, was so oxidized. No, it was so gross. Oh, it was. I had to use that wine for the photos. Thankfully, in the photos, you can't tell. Good. 
but it was rancid. It was so gross. And I was taking pictures like this <laughs> to try not to take, but like to look like I'm drinking the wine, but really trying to make, like, please don't touch my lips. Please don't touch my lips. <laughs> oh, no. It was so horrible. It was horrible. So when I had actually opened the wine, I realized it was a synthetic cork, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So I know synthetic course and screw top. A lot of like wineries in Europe have gone to like screw top. Yeah, we had a little crisis of the supplies. Yeah. Uh, we were struggling for the, these ones. And also the kind of bottle that Senora True likes, that, you know, the French, the French style mm -hmm. uh, because of pandemic. But uh, we have managed to come up with solutions, but maybe not the ones that... Senora would prefer, but... Listen, you know, you, you roll it with the wings you have. Mm -hmm. What would be considered a French-style bottle? This. It's the Bordeaux and also the Bordeaux style, let me show you. It's the one that all of our, the Archangels are bottled in. Did you notice all the wooden shoes? Mm-hmm. You can see that I'm in the Okay, so are they, have those are those worn shoes or those not worn shoes, like new shoes? Some of them are, some of them are not. Hmm? And it's the color of the bottle, right, Sinera? Uh -huh. It's the color, the shape, but the, mostly the color. That it's like a brownish, not the usual like greenish. You know. Now the color of the bottle is supposed to help prevent from light coming in and tainting right. the wine, right? Yeah. Look at me learning all kinds of things. <laughs> it's yeah, just from talking and picking up and asking questions and then figuring stuff out sometimes. But I love these. Okay, so this kind of looks like a puppy dog and an angel, depending on how you look at it. No, it's always an angel. Excuse me. Right? Excuse me. No, it's always, always an angel. angel. <laughs> Well, your wines are delicious. Thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with to chat with us and everything. I don't always have time, but if I have time, I love it. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you had time. We had, you know, coming out on a Tuesday is probably... Yes, it was a good thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we first went to Viña Emiliana. I like their Nebbiolos there. Uh, and I've known them as well. I've been coming from Tuvaye for like years. You look familiar to me, actually. I stayed here, I was chair with her. I stayed here in probably 2014, mm -hmm. 2015. Is the, but the first time I came to Viña Emiliana, it was, they had their tasting room where they have their barrels, uh -huh. the, uh, in Sotana. And now they have, they kept growing. And a few times I celebrated my birthday here in Valle. And they do like a private dinner on the back for me. That's it's, nice. They, and I always like to come there. I like their whites and their rosés as well. So like, I think they have a little bit for everyone. But we got there and it was closed. They closed on Tuesdays. And we were like, okay, I don't know if I've ever come here on a Tuesday before. So I hope not all the wineries are closed. So that's why we went to MMA and we saw it was open and then we saw that it was open as well. Um, you know what I was thinking? Because at first I was like, why wouldn't they close on a Monday but on Tuesday? But a lot of U.S. holidays fall on a Monday. Mm -hmm. 
Where people would still come on a Monday. Yeah, French style, more like a Rome Valley, uh-huh. specifically like the Chateau of the Bath uh, region. It's a blend, they have uh, more Shiraz. 50% Shiraz, 30% Grenache, 10% Mourvedre, and 10% Sinsault. 2020, the year the harvest, and this have 11 months in the barrel, French oak. This one, in my opinion, have more fresh acidity like the other one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And the smoky aftertaste. Yeah. Got it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Cheese Med Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Cheese Med on our website, thewineandcheesemedpodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Cheese on Instagram and at The Wine and Cheese Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheese please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.